You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Welcome Brad to New York. Paul. This is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on all the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to 10 Dollars And one same game parlay that I typically like to do, and this is kind of a shot at one player, is for Giannis Antetokounmpo to miss more than two free throws uh, in a game because he's usually not a very good free throw shooter. But that's kind of an example. But there's so many other opportunities um, and so many different parlays that you can actually uh, put into in different bets and things like that. I also like to put in 
you know, winning bets, you know, which team to win. That's I usually like to do money line. Uh, that's the one that I normally go for. But you could do many different types of parlays. And if you want to do all this, you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas and 21 older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. That was one of the most embarrassing sets of games I've seen this Devils team play, um, you know, in, in quite some time. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to this uh, live, not live, but this um, this recap of uh, Game Two between the Devils and the Rangers here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. You know, thank you guys as always for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. You already know that I greatly appreciate it uh, here at the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio. Um, and you know, as always, this podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And with the Stanley Cup playoffs going on, the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball well underway, you already know that DraftKings Sportsbook is the number one place to get in on all the huge cash prizes. So if you want to get a little extra uh, cash for yourself, here's what you do. You go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. You sign up. You use our promo code THPN. Again, promo code THPN. And as always, tell them that your boy, Neil Filipiano, sent you. And once again, a big thank you and shout out to our sponsors over at DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring um, the Hockey Podcast Network as well. It's the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Yeah, that, I, I don't know, guys. Like, I, I feel, I, I, I feel like I don't have a whole lot to say. In this recap episode, this might end up being the shortest episode I've ever done of the Devil State of my podcast. Um, you know, I was, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't debating whether I was going to do it or not. I think it was more of I just kind of needed. Um, I think I just kind of needed to collect my thoughts um, and really kind of talk and really kind of, you know, speak about what what I saw as uh, the Devils drop. Not only game one, five to one at home, but drop game two, five to one at home. And now they are down two games to none, heading to Madison Square Garden for games three and four. And this was a carbon copy of game one. It really felt that way. The only difference you can really say was that we took the lead. We scored the first goal. Eric Hollis scored a power play goal. It was big. 
It was electric. I mean, it felt like in that moment that it was finally going to be the op- the, the opportunity that, that this team was looking for a chance to um, a chance to you know they grab the lead, they have the momentum, chance to really explode and really get themselves going, and uh, it just was not the case. They were up one nothing going into the second period. And the Rangers, you know, with Trocek and Kreider twice in the power play, grabbed the three to one lead. And I mean, that was pretty much the game. And Rangers added a couple more goals in the third and ended up with five goals. And they didn't even need an empty net goal this time around. And, uh, you know, so the Devils end up giving up five unanswered goals and respond um, to getting blown out in game one by getting blown out again in game two. And, you know, there were a lot of questionable decisions made by Lindy Ruff. Um, you know, one was obviously Jonas Siegenthaler uh, being benched for Brendan Smith. Um, certainly, did, you know, it was a questionable decision. Moving Miles Wood from the fourth line to the third line was a question, was a questionable decision. Not really making any changes to at least the first power play unit. Uh, they still have not done anything through two games. And it's really bad when your second power play unit plays like your first power play unit. I think it's really important. And the other thing that's really concerning is the thing that killed us last year and has killed us for years, and that is goaltending. Vitek Vanacek has been awful, awful with a capital A. Uh, Nine goals in two games is not getting it done. And I'm not going to sit here and nitpick every single goal and tell you whether it was his fault or not. Um, There were definitely goals that were not his fault, but there were goals that were his fault. But the bottom line is you still have to stop those pucks. That's your job. No matter how you get it done, you have to find a way to get it done. And VTech through six periods looks absolutely lost out there. He looks lost, confused, um, downcast, unconfident. Like, that's all you see from him. And that's all you see, quite frankly, from this whole team, from or from top to bottom. I mean, there's there's no there's no other way to put it other than just the fact that this team through two games looks like a team that just wants to die. Like they look like that they feel that they cannot beat the Rangers, that they can't score on Shesterkin, that, oh, this is just like last year. We're just going to, you know, get our asses handed to us and go home. That's what it feels like right now after two games. Um, And the series is not over. I recognize that. Um, and things can change one game, you know, the, the devils can come out in game three guns blazing and get a win. And all of a sudden it's two to one in the series and things can start to change. But right now in this moment, as I'm recording this, I'm sure as a lot of you are listening to this right now, um, things look bleak. I mean, you know, there was, a, I, I felt I had to do a lot of damage control not only here on the podcast, but on social media over the last 48 hours leading up to game two tonight. Um, 
basically just telling people, you know, because a lot of people are saying we're going to get swept. We suck. This, that, the other thing. And it was just like a classic overreaction. Like, it ha- you know, it was one game. It's whatever. But now after losing both games, the same score in the same fashion and getting the same feeling, it's not really it's not even worth trying to do damage control because by that point, you know, there's not much that you can say to a lot of people that's going to make them feel better or more confident or whatever about the situation that we're in. So right now we are in a very, very, very bad spot. We have lost not one, but both games at home and we are halfway uh, from being swept and being knocked out of the playoffs as quickly as we got into them. And it's one thing to, you know, it would be one thing if we were playing Florida or we were playing Carolina or we were playing Boston or the Islanders even or or Tampa or Toronto. Be one, that would be one thing. But to have this going on against your hated rivals in the New York Rangers – they come into your backyard with all their fans and all their hoopla and all that stuff. And they come in and punch you right in the face through two games is really kind of the hard thing to accept. That's what makes it even worse. Um, That's what really makes it worse. I firmly believed when I woke up this morning and throughout the day, I felt very confident that the devils were going to bounce back. I felt because they had been doing it all year long. They had been doing it all season long when they would lose. Even if they lost another game, they would still find a way to bounce back. This did not look like the same Devils team. This looks like the team that we had seen last year and the year before that and the year before that. Just finding ways to embarrass yourself, finding ways to, you know, just, you know, it's... Just find ways to really, you know, embarrass yourselves. That's the way I look at it. And it just sucks. It really sucks. Um, There's obviously things that I want to see change going into game three. First and foremost, it is time for Akira Schmid to start. Vitek's confidence is so incredibly low that it would be ridiculous to throw him back out there. After these two games, I think Akira Schmidt deserves the chance to get to start in the playoffs. And this team does respond really well to him. They've responded well to VTech most of the year, but right now their confidence in him is about as low as it's been with Mackenzie Blackwood. VTech Vanacek, the Rangers don't know about him. They haven't played against him. They don't know what to expect playing against him. And that could work to the devil's advantage, at least in game number three. And if you go back to like 2006, when the Hurricanes, who eventually went on to win the cup, you know, were struggling early on in the playoffs, they made the goalie switch, put in Cam Ward, and Cam Ward became a star. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Kira Schmid, but just to give you an example of what could happen if you make that switch. Uh, But that would be the first thing I would do. The second thing I would do is to bench Miles Wood. He was awful tonight. His penalty, um, I don't want to say it was the sole reason we lost, but it certainly turned the tide. 
and gave the Rangers the momentum they were looking for, and they took advantage of it and ran with it. Miles Wood has just had a really difficult year. Um, I The more games like you saw tonight, the more unlikely, in my opinion, it is that he's probably going to be back with this team next year. He's not really giving the Devils a lot of good reasons to keep him. So I think uh, I think that's something to uh, to consider when you look at you know the offseason moves now. Again, you know we're not thinking about the offseason right now, but yeah, I would like Miles Wood to come out of the lineup. I would like to see Curtis Lazar come in, and um, you know whether Sharon Govich stays in or Boquist comes in, it doesn't matter. Um, I want to see that. And the biggest one that I've already seen people talk about the last couple of hours is I think it's time to put Luke Hughes in the lineup. Um, I think that you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And making a bunch of those moves might be the spark that you're looking for. Because I think right now the Devils are looking for a spark from somebody, from somebody or something that's going to get them going. Because they look lifeless through two games. This is not the Devils team we've been seeing most of this year. This is the team that we've been seeing the last couple of years. And in some degrees, the last decade. And that's kind of the hard thing to really deal with when you sit and watch these two games. Even if you go back to the replays, just there's nothing you can take from either game that was positive. Nothing. Nobody on this team really showed up. I know Eric Hall scored and everything, and he had a couple of good plays, so maybe Eric Hall. But other than that, nobody showed up. Where was Jack? Where was Nico? Where was Brett? Where was Timo? Where was Dougie? Where was Mercer? Where was any of these guys? And if you look at the two games so far, the guys who have stepped up for the Rangers, for the most part, have been their top guys. Tarasenko, Patrick Kane. Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Adam Fox, Igor Shesterkin. Those guys have stepped up. Those are their top guys. The Devils' top guys have just gone through the motions the last two games. And for all of that hype and all that excitement to get home ice advantage, you kind of wish now that we had collapsed and the Rangers overtook us and we started the series in New York. Because obviously this team does way better on the road than it does playing in front of its home fans. And that's probably the only positive thing you can look at moving forward for games three and four. The Devils won 28 road games this season, a franchise, you know, tying a franchise record. They were the best team overall record-wise on the road. So if there's any team that can make noise and really create success on the road, it's this New Jersey Devils team. But I said the same thing about when both both of these games, they had a chance to come back. And it was like, if any team could do it, it's this team. Well, they haven't done that. So do I feel confident that they'll get a win on the road? It's hard for me to say yes right now. Maybe it'll change tomorrow when I wake up. Maybe it'll change on game day. Who knows? But tonight and Tuesday night were just unacceptable. They were just unacceptable. Devils looked, like I said, they looked awful. They just looked awful. And that's really kind of the sad thing is that they were in front of their home fans, packed arena, Devils Rangers, and they came out as soft as Charmin. 
they didn't stand up for themselves. When they got into all those fights tonight, that was just out of frustration that they were getting embarrassed again. And it was like, where was the fight earlier in the game? You weren't seeing that. And Lindy Ruff making the comment after tonight saying, you know, oh, we started the regular season 0-2, and look what we did. That's the regular season. Postseason's a different animal. And through six periods, just like I kind of said uh, in the last episode on, on Tuesday, the Devils are getting punked. The Rangers are like a schoolyard bully that keeps going up to that one kid that he knows he can pick on and keep punching him in the nose, in the face, because he knows the kid's not going to defend himself. And he'll just crawl into a you know fetal position and cry. That really is what you've seen from the Devils through two games. They've been punched in the mouth, punched wherever, and they have not responded. Lindy Ruff's not doing anything about it. The players don't seem to be doing anything about it. It just seems like everybody's everybody's passive. Everybody's looking at each other and saying, who's going to be the guy to say something? I was doing live watch along tonight. Um, the live watch along tonight. And, you know, I was, I was there with my partner, Kyle Manifold. And Kyle said to me during the third period, he said, I wanted to be in that locker room after the second period, the devil's locker room, because what was said? by Lindy Ruff or by anybody. Did anybody say anything after 40 minutes when it was still a game, only down 3-1? to one? Would things have changed if the Devils had scored right away when Timo took that shot that was deflected by Brett and hit the post? Maybe. But the Devils had other chances and take advantage of them. And you could kind of feel like the tide was turning after the Rangers tied the game. Because you could see it on the Devils bench. Their eyes were like, you know, lighting up like a Christmas tree. Everybody was like energized. Ranger score and everyone just went back down to earth. Like, oh, here we go again. And that's what you saw. That's what you saw. So after six periods of play, the Devils have given up 10 goals and have scored two. And they've been embarrassed in both games. Neither one has been really close. Um, if I'm being honest, I mean, there were times where it was two to one or three to one, it's whatever, but just felt like it was insurmountable the way the team was playing. And, um, it's been really hard to sit through these couple of days and see this team who had so broken, so many records, had the greatest regular season in devil's franchise history. And they are only two losses away from having it all mean nothing and get knocked out in the playoffs in the first round by your most hated rival. Now, with all that being said, the series is obviously not over. The Rangers still have to win, beat us two more times. The Devils have had a lot of success, more success than anyone else in this season on the road. Madison Square Garden is a tough place to play, but the Devils have won there. They took three out of four points there during the regular season. They can do it if they believe in themselves. If their confidence is there and they play their, their style to a T like they, I know they can, they will win and they will get back in the series. But if they go into game three feeling embarrassed, feeling downtrodden, not feeling ultra confident, 
not only will they lose that game, but they will lose game four and they will get swept. And they will end their season in the most embarrassing fashion, embarrassing not only themselves, but to the entire Devils fan base who has been dying for this opportunity to finally get back in the playoffs and dying for the opportunity to go up against the Rangers. And so far through two games, all the Devils have done is prove all the naysayers throughout the year right. And that's the thing that really sucks about this all. So, yeah, I don't really have much else to say except a lot of things need to change. Not just on the ice, but in the minds of the players, in the emotions of the players. They are, everything has to change. Something has to flip. Somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to say something. I don't know what. I don't know what. I don't know how, but it's got to get done. So we'll see what the Devils will do when Game 3 comes around on Saturday night. And we'll see if the Devils can get back in the series or be put to the very end uh, and the basically to be put um, in a 3-0 hole and on the verge of being swept. So we'll see uh, we'll see what type of response this Devils team has to an unbelievable challenge moving forward.